Uh, today we will take the blessing of hearing the sermon from the mouth of the blessed servant, uh, Dr. Megdi Girgis, who is one of the, the great servants in the Bay Area. I promise I will not embarrass him as I did last time he visited us when we were in our temporary location. If you remember, I will just say very briefly that Dr. Megdi is a very special person to me and my family. Um, he was our servant when we were in high school and college and he really served us all throughout our lives. Uh, he was um, the, the doctor, the physician who delivered my son Matthew 26 years ago and today I had the blessing of baptizing his grandson 26 years later. And so I'm very grateful that, uh, that God has put him in our lives and that has given me an opportunity in some small way to serve him in return. Uh, so I will, won't say much more, although I want to say much more uh, about this great man uh, who I'm very blessed and pleased to um, share with you and uh, to, to, from the Holy Spirit to hear from his mouth the words of the homily today. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. I'm truly uh, so blessed and honored to stand here and give this talk. And uh, not worthy, except for the love and kindness of my fathers. But today's uh, reading is a very special one. Um, it covers three teachings that are really considered hallmarks and symbols of Christianity. <clears throat> they set Christianity apart from and superior to any other religion or any other set of principles. But in the meantime, though, these teachings are also the reason many people accuse Christianity of being theoretical and not practical. Many philosophers and thinkers of the world feel that these principles are pointless and impossible to follow. We don't think so. Take number one. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. The word you who hear, everybody hears, but he meant those who hear with understanding. Very important. The Lord God does not only want us, wants us to love him from all our hearts and souls and power, but also our what? Our mind. Always mention that, our mind, our thinking. Because faith with understanding is a powerful faith. Faith without understanding is either a fragile one or a fanatic one. Love your enemies. In the Old Testament, the Jewish people were allowed to love their friends and, any, and, and uh, uh, those who love them, but they were also allowed to hate their enemies. In Christianity, as Christians, we're not allowed to hate anyone. We are to love everyone, including our enemies. Many say it's impossible. I cannot really love my enemies, I tried very hard and I cannot do it. And um, I think we understand why. And the why is because of the misunderstanding of the deep meaning of the word love. 
Um, if we think that love is only a feeling, then it is true. It is impossible. It's impossible for me to have a feeling to love somebody who hurts me, love somebody who is my enemy. We have no control over our feelings. We have no switch in there that we can turn off and on, and then I can love things and don't love things and hate the things that I love. We can't have do that. We don't have control over our feelings, but we have control on what, how we react to our feelings. That's what we have control over. The Lord Jesus did not ask us to just go feel love to your enemies. No. He, um, if he, he knows that we are unable to do that, and he will never ask us to do something that is beyond what we can do. Okay. In the first epistle of St. John, St. John spoke of love more than any of the evangelists. The word love is mentioned 25 times in his gospel, and it's mentioned 40 times in his very brief three epistles. Okay? And he is also known, those of us who lived in Egypt, his name is Yohanna A. Al-Habib, John the Beloved. And he is also the one that the Bible said to him he was loved by. So he's an expert. He's an expert in love. No question about it. And that's what he wrote in his first epistle. My little children, let, not, let us not love in word and in tongue. In word and tongue, when we say I love somebody or I love some food or I love some place, I'm expressing feelings. That's only feelings. That's all. Okay. But he said, let us not love in word and tongue, but in deed and in truth. In deed and truth. Good, good, deeds, good deeds and works are the true meaning of love. And the Lord Jesus did not just say, love your enemy and leave us wondering how. He told us how. He proceeded to tell us how to love our enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Do good to those who hate you. Can we do that? Are we able to do that? Yes, nobody can say it's impossible. I cannot do that. Yes, we can. Is it easy? No, not quite easy, but it's possible. We are capable of doing that. Bless those who curse you. Yes, we can. And pray for those who spitefully use you. We can. We can do that. It's easy? No. It's hard? Yes. Hard work? Yes. But not impossible. You can pray for the enemy. We're capable of helping those who hate us. And we believe, um, believe me, when we do that, when we do that, we're going to feel very special. Many of us are uh, familiar with the late... Uh, Ravi Zacharias, the Christian uh, apologist. Yeah. When he was a student in the, uh, during his missionary uh, studying, uh, the professor was giving a lecture. His professor gave a lecture about love, and he said, love is hard work. 
And he said to the student next to him, I, I don't like what he said about this love being hard work. He said, why don't you tell him? He said, okay, he raised his hand. And he said, sir, I kind of disagree with you about what you said that love is hard work. And the professor said to him, Ravi, are you married? He said, no, sir. He said, then sit down and shut up. <laughs> so, Marriage and parenthood for both mothers and fathers, for wives and husbands, and raising children is a hard task, is hard work, driven only and achieved only by love. That's love. Okay. Number two hallmark, second hallmark. Another difficult one. To him who strikes you on one cheek, offer the other two. This sounds like a sign of fear, cowardice, and weakness, but not really, not really. I'm going to quote Mahatam, uh, Mahatma Gandhi. Mahatma Gandhi was the, the leader of India, the great leader of India in the 1940s. Uh, who loved Christianity. Unfortunately, he didn't like what Christians did in India, but he loved Christianity, even though he was not Christian. But he used that, he used that verse to defeat the empire, the British empire in that time. He used to call it the sun does never, never sits on it. He defeated it by that. And these, I'm quoting his words. He said, I'm ready to receive a blow. I'm not ready to hit back. You may hit me, and you may break my bones, and you may even kill me. But at the end, you have my dead body, but not my spirit. Um, our church is the church of martyrs. Our Coptic calendar is the calendar of martyrs. And that's exactly the principle that our martyrs followed. At the end, you will have my dead body, but not my spirit. Now, the 21 martyrs that were beheaded in Libya, Daesh had their dead bodies and heads. But where are their spirits now? In paradise with Christ. It takes more courage, actually, to turn the other cheek and be ready to accept another blow than to hit back. If the example that our martyrs set, you'll have my dead body by my spirit, uh, is not the ultimate, the epitome of courage and bravery, I don't know what else is. But we should never really misunderstand um, the verse uh, or take it literally. Turning the other cheek does not mean that we enjoy it and we want more. Like one of my, my dear friends, not Christian, he was making fun of that, said, yeah, he hit me here, okay, go, go ahead again. No, it's not the meaning, no, at all. Uh, turning the other cheek does not mean that, that we enjoy it. And does not mean also that we submit to unfairness or accept injustice. It doesn't mean that. Um, 
During his trial, the Lord Jesus set the example for us. When he had said these things, one of the officers who stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand. So what did the Lord Jesus do? Did he say, okay, more? No. Um, he said, Jesus answered him, if I have spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. Be fair. Tell me, what is it that I said wrong? But if, I, if well, why do you strike me? He reasoned with him. The Lord reasoned, reasoned with him, but never struck back. And he was ready to accept another blow, but never struck back. And we see a very similar uh, reaction when St. Paul was also struck during his trial. I'll finish with the third, the third one. Um, and just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. Some call this the golden rule. It is another original and unique hallmark of our beautiful Christianity. Some say, no, that's not original. Confucius taught the same thing hundreds of years before. That is not true. Confucius said, do not do, not do to others what you do not want them to do to you. It's a passive one. It's a negative one. If I sit home and do absolutely nothing, I have obeyed that commandment. I didn't do anything to anybody that, okay. Uh, but the Lord's golden rule is that go do to others. It's a proactive one. It's an order for us to go and do uh, to others. If you want people to help you, go help. If you want people to say nice things about you, go say nice things about people. If you want people to pray for you, Go pray for them, and so on. Go do. Active. Okay, so finish with this. So now, what's the purpose behind these not very easy commandments? That I have to do all these nice things to others. What is in it for me? What do I get out of that? Um, the Lord answered that question to us in today's gospel. Your reward will be great. We're not talking about just a human reward. That's a reward from the king of kings. Your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. And that's another reward that we would earn that title, sons of the Most High. It is easy for me to love those who love me. Uh, even criminals and gang members are able to do that. We do that, okay? It's easy for me to hate my enemy and not help those who hurt me and not forgive those who insult me. But then what? At the end, what? I will be just another ordinary person. But as true Christians, not Christians by name, but as true Christians, we are special. We are unique, and our behavior goes far beyond the human level of logic, reason, and understanding up to a divine level, and it's divine because we are children of the Most High. May glory and honor be to his holy name now and forever. Amen.